0: Welcome, everyone, to In The Queue, a podcast presented by Messick, Lauer & Smith. From CUSOs to regulatory concerns and everything in between, we'll talk about relevant topics, trends, and information in the credit union industry and how they can affect your credit union or QSO. Today we have Jennifer Winston on In The Queue, an associate attorney at Messick, Lauer & Smith that concentrates her practice on regulatory compliance. Jen's expertise is in advertising compliance, assisting clients with marketing and website reviews. She monitors CFPB and NCUA for regulatory enforcement developments and presents on various topics to assist with the navigation of the CFPB regulatory landscape. Today, during our discussion with Jen, she'll primarily talk about advertising at your credit union, focusing specifically on social media, websites, and promotions. Jennifer Winston, welcome to In the Queue. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good. Happy to be here.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. So today we are going to be talking everything advertising, right? You know, what do you consider? You know, from a credit union perspective, in advising their members, uh, you know, how best to communicate with them, uh, and then also, you know, everybody wants to set up, you know, the next new marketing trend, but you know, what's the best way to convey that and keep it within the bounds of you know, any sort of legal issues you might come into down the line. So uh, first, let's talk about social media, right? Everybody wants to advertise today on social media. Uh, Do advertising regulations actually apply to social media? Let's start there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So anytime you have an internet ad that's going to be over any sort of social media platform, uh, it's no different than your online advertising. So you need to consider, you know, what's your product type? Um, is that going to trigger something from Regulation Z, your truth in lending, truth in savings? Um, what I see a lot NCOA official advertising statement for deposit products. People seem to think they don't need to include that. You absolutely do. Um, equal housing disclosures, that little logo, need to make sure you can fit that on. Uh, you know, and occasionally, if you are like a mortgage lending um, professional, if you're originating loans, you're going to want to make sure you have your MLS number. Um, other things like that. Um, I do think that so a
0: lot more considerations than just putting an ad out there.
1: And if anyone's ever heard me speak before, they've heard me talk about UDAP, uh, the big stick. So if they can't find where you violated one of these regulations, you know, if you're having this deceptive, abusive, um, they're going to come after you for that too. So I always say when you're looking at your online advertising, make sure you're keeping UDAP in the back of your mind.
0: Okay. Yeah, Jen, that's great. Um, and I just wanted to know too, you know, are there any distinctions between the different social media platforms, you know, any sort of best practices that credit union should consider?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So every platform is going to have its own specific rules and guidelines on what you can post and how you can post how often things like that. Uh, so, you know, you can find them all, list them on each platform, something you want to review before you start, uh, posting. Um, A couple of things you do want to consider, though, is when you are posting on social media, your disclosure should be following um, the four P's. It's the dot com rules, uh, proximity, placement, presentation, prominence. So it is always better to include your disclosures in the ad following those four P's. But if you can't, then you can do a one click away disclosure for most, not all, but most disclosures. Um, but just want to make sure that that link kind of meets those four pieces as well. That it you know it is prominent, uh, proximate to the trigger terms, things like that. And then just a couple of other like platform specific things. Uh, if you're going to be using influencers or endorsements, there's um, rules that go with that too that you want to be aware of. Uh, very specific posts that you have to make, disclaimers that you have to make. And then also, if you're going to be allowing your employees to be posting on social media, you do want a robust social media policy uh, and train your employees on that policy and also keep an eye on what they're posting. You do need to have some sort of uh, governance over it.
0: Yeah. So again, I think the, the arching theme so far right, with social media is it is just a lot more than the post, right? There has to be a lot moving forward or you know, behind the scenes at the credit union to make sure they're prepared for uh, any type of issues that could arise.
1: Absolutely. Because when you open up the social media and you're opening up to your members communicating with you as well. So, you know, there, there's a lot going on there, a lot of moving parts.
0: No, yeah, for sure. So I couldn't let you leave here, you know, at least as we're discussing the social media aspect without talking about TikTok, right? Everybody, you know, talks about it. Everybody, you see, it, you, know, the, you know, all the different uh, videos, you know, online, uh, a lot of them trending. Um, you know, what, what can you tell us about TikTok and how to best, uh, advertise on that if credit unions are looking to fully jump in.
1: Yeah. So I think there's just been recent advertisements out there too, and reports that a lot of younger individuals are actually getting financial information from TikTok. Right. So I, you know, I get wanting to jump on that bandwagon and they should get it from you. You are a more reputable source than who knows who's on TikTok making these videos. Um, you know, they, you do want to be aware. I mean, this, these are advertisements. It is the credit union's reputation um, because it's either an employee or someone that the credit union has endorsed to be speaking on their behalf. So you, again, you want to make sure that you're approving everything before it gets posted. Um, I highly recommend making these educational. Stay away from actually promoting a specific product because then you will be triggering disclosures and how to do them on a TikTok or a reel is going to be tricky. Um, But if you keep it highly, you know, pretty high level educational. um, Now, I will say, like I said before, if you are a loan originator, make sure that your NLS information is on your TikTok page, because that needs to be presented the first time you communicate with anybody, even if it's not about a particular house, loan, something like that. You want to make sure that that disclosure is present. And then, you know, other concerns when you're posting videos and things online, trademark, copyright. Um, you know, say they're interviewing someone on the street. Do you have the right to use their information? You know, so, so like all of those things can be triggered when you're doing, you know, a video or a reel or something like that.
0: Right. No, a lot of great information to consider for sure. Mm-hmm. So you know, social media is just like one aspect you know that a credit union uses to market to its members. Um, we did want to touch on a couple more too before you before you leave today. So let's look specifically at at a credit union's website. You know, I remember a few years back, you know there's a lot of issues given um, you know, the news about credit unions uh, facing ADA compliance issues. Is that still prominent right now in the industry? Is, is that something we're still seeing?
1: We're not seeing as much, but it, they're all still out there. I mean they're, they're easy fodder for attorneys. I think right. there's attorney fees available in them, so you're always going to get them coming forward. Um, we don't have much more information. so yes, you know your website should be ADA compliant. Um, both from like a legal aspect, but also reputational. You don't want to be the credit union that's not accessible to everybody, either online or in person. Um, So, you know, while we don't have any specific guidelines, there is the web content accessibility guidelines. I I believe federal government websites are required to follow them. We don't have that requirement yet, but that's a good, they, they do set out a nice roadmap on how to have things compliant. Um, And then there's also websites that you can find online that will actually review your website to see if it's ADA compliant. So that's always a good, you know, that's a good place to start too, just to see if you have any issues there.
0: So, yeah. So Jen, you also review websites. That's correct, right? I do. Okay. So, you know, outside of like anything specific from like an ADA standpoint, you know, in your experience uh, when you're reviewing clients' websites, you know, obviously without getting too specific about any particular clients, but- You know, what are some of the reoccurring mistakes that you might see, um, you know, something that you would advise clients uh, before they undergo any type of review?
1: Sure. So, yeah. So one of the things that I do, um, I I review advertising pieces, but I also do a wholesale website review for clients often. And, you know, one big thing is having done, have them done fairly regularly. Um, You know, some, we have some that like to get it reviewed every year, maybe every couple of years. If you're going through a big new advertising campaign and you're sort of refreshing your pages, it's always good to have a new set of eyes look at it. Um, and you know, there you do see a lot of small mistakes. Um, but again, you know, it's like waving, waving a red flag in front of a regulator. You don't really want to. You know, the small mistakes can can mount. You know, amount up. Um, and so we see a lot of times there's trigger terms because again, like I was saying. It's very dependent on, is it open-end, is it closed-end, is it deposit, is it lending? You know, so you have all of these moving parts. If You have a trigger term. You do need to have a disclosure either on that page, close to that trigger term, or one-click away. I see a lot of violations of the one-click rule. Um, Really, the rule, it needs to be directly one-click away. I shouldn't have one-click, have to scroll, have to search. Or maybe there's another click inside that one-click, like a drop-down. Those are all the new violations. I see that a lot. That there's a lot of questions about this one-click rule. Um, and that's just an easy, you know, easy mistake to make.
0: Yeah, and I was going to say, too, for websites, is that for every particular website page? Or is that...
1: So it's trigger term. So it, okay. it really is dependent on what the product is and what you want to say. Yeah. Um, and then this is the other um, topic that I would say, again, you UDAC. Um, so for you, DAP, it's not necessarily a trigger term, but, you know, I, I find a lot of times when you're advertising, you don't want to say all those material terms because you want it sure. to be snazzy, quick, whatever. Um, but if you fail to put material terms on there, that's when you hit that deceptive um, accusations. And the last thing you want to get is a complaint from a, a member that something you've advertised is deceptive because something that they really should have known before they made a decision wasn't revealed to them in
0: time, right? No. Yeah. Again, that makes total sense. So to wrap up today, Jen, you know, I did also want to talk about promotions, right? Again, just another arm for credit unions to use in order to market to their members. So specifically for promotions, what, what rules governs?
1: Yeah. So I get a lot of promotions. It makes sense. Uh, especially with more and more members staying home, you want to reach out them through social media you want to get them engaged. Um, Promotions are governed by both federal and state law. So when you are looking to develop some sort of promotion, you do want to make sure you're checking your state law as well. Um, that's that's the first tip. Um, when you, <laughs> the one thing I see a lot with promotions, there is a con I get a lot of clients that just believe doing something quick, just gonna give out some free t-shirts if they fill out a survey, something like that. Unfortunately, Um, even though it sounds very harmless, that could be an illegal lottery. Okay. And that's what you want to avoid. So every state's going to have a law that says you can't run your own lottery. Uh, And the lottery simply has a prize, chance, and consideration. Prize and chance are obvious. Consideration is either money or even effort that you put in to increase your chance of winning. So, you know, filling out a survey and I might win a t-shirt, well you know, right there, you, you've you got, you know, an illegal lottery, even though it's just a t-shirt, a t-shirt right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I, I do see a lot of that and teaching clients to one way you can eliminate consideration is doing a free alternative mode of entry. So that's why a lot of times you'll see, uh, send in a postcard and that'll be your entry. That's the easiest way to do it. Um, so then you at least eliminate consideration. Okay. Although once you have that, there are still official rules that you have to follow for sweepstakes that may be posted. There's specific content in those rules that you need to have. Um, so you know, once once you get past the lottery, then you need to make sure you have all of your sweepstakes rules, and, and then you should be good to go.
0: And then you can get a t-shirt.
1: And then you can get a t-shirt, or maybe a twenty dollar gift card, <laughs> or and again, it's fine if everyone who applies gets a prize. You don't really have that. You don't know, no have chance anymore. So you're you know those promotions have been looked at by the NCAA, they're okay. But it's when like only one or two or three people are going to win something that you really need to switch over to, hey, I'm going to sweep stakes here. I need to do something different.
0: So I think, you know, as you were discussing it there, you, you kind of highlight some of the risk, right, of running promotions. Uh, what are the benefits to credit unions as they market this way?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So promotions are a good way to get your members' attention, get them, you know, involved. Maybe reach out to others in the area that aren't already members, but you get your name out. Now they become members, um, you know, increase a product. So if it's, you know, a, a sweepstakes that involves maybe an auto loan or something like that, you might get some more product and more use. So, you know, there are, there are definitely benefits to it. The risks, though, are just you do need to make sure that you're following federal state law, that your sweepstakes rules are, are tight. Um, always good to have, you know, your your attorney review those rules um, just to make sure that they contain everything that they need. And then sort of to harken back to what we spoke about before, if you're advertising on specific platforms um, where they do have rules on social media platforms, we do tend to see them more in the promotional sweepstakes yeah. area. So they are going to have many more limitations there you know, likes and reach, you know, shares, retweets, things like that. Um, they do have some rules around that. So again, you just need to be aware of everything going into it.
0: So plenty of benefits, it sounds like. Also plenty of considerations. And unfortunately, not so easy. Exactly. Right.
1: Kind of like everything, right? <laughs> yeah, it really does sound like everything.
0: So Jen, you know, like credit unions probably, they, they have a lot of questions in this area. Like where, where can they reach you to, to talk about these further and... You know, what, what else are you going to be talking about at the firm? Um, you know, listen to some more information about what you're working on.
1: Absolutely. So, yeah, you can call or email at iInformations on the website, um, law.com. So, you know, obviously go there. You can get a hold of us. I do have a webinar coming up in the fall where I'm talking about just strictly communicating with members on social media. That's a whole other beast. Um, but, you know, we can certainly get more information on that. And again, you know, it it is a resource that we have here at the firm from compliance reviews of individual marketing pieces, campaigns, website reviews, you know, wholesale, we, we do it all. So, you know, no questions too, too, too little, too big, you know, we're, we're here to help.
0: All right, great. Well, Jen, thank you so much for your time today. Um, thank you for joining In The Queue. Thank you. That'll be it for another episode of In The Queue. Thanks to Jennifer Winston for her time discussing advertising at your credit union. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast feed and receive the latest news and information in the world of credit unions and CUSOs. Once again, I'm Mike Heller, and until next time, thanks everyone.